Welcome to the Pixels and Ink Podcast, episode 298, brought to you by CG Magazine. I'm your host, Lisa Mior, and joining me today uh, are a fantastic panel of experts. We have our editor-in-chief, Brendan Fry. Hello there. How are you, Brendan? I'm good. That's good. It is. I'm glad you're good. Me too. You know who else is probably good? Who? Jordan Biorti, who's also here. Oh. Uh, Hi, Jordan. I'm okay. <laughs> oh, you're just okay? Okay, well, you can't be part of the good club. I'm Yikes. really sorry to hear that. Why are you just okay? <laughs> I'm just a little tired. It was a long day. No, okay. Fair well, enough. That's fair. It's a it's a long it's a long week. Good good busy week because uh we con season's upon us and all that. We made it, but we did it. And you know who else is here and also made it and survived? It's Alex. I'm alive and here and surviving. Hi. Yay, you're alive and here and surviving. And you're doing good? Yeah, life's great. That's that's really good. Yeah. That's a lot a lot of people can say that, Alex. So that's yeah. a a pleasure to hear. I'll take it. Yeah. Are you guys ready to get down to business? Absolutely. Let's do it. Okay. So, guys, our first topic up for discussion for today is plagiarism. Oof. That's Yikes. a big one. Yeah. We're talking about plagiarism in the press. Uh, we're going to discuss why it happens. We're going to talk about how do instances uh, of this occurrence in both big outlets and small outlets how does that affect the industry and how can sites build their trust after this sort of thing happens? So let's talk about the first issue. Why does this happen? Why do people plagiarize? There's a number of different factors here. Uh, Brendan, let's start with you. What What are your first thoughts on this? Well, when you have an industry where everyone's kind of expecting you to um, get through a Sentence? get through a larger experience in a very quick, quick uh, time frame, it, a lot of people get burnt out. Like it's an industry where it's filled with burnout. It's a filled with an industry that is underpaid and overutilized. So a single person will be expected to play three games a week. And that's almost impossible physically based on the amount of time in a week. Uh, so does it happen more than we'd like to admit? Yes. Uh, but outlets have been good in the past and we've been good in the past. If it does happen, that person is usually fired because you can't have someone stealing other people's work because as a writer, that's kind of your bread and butter. What do you guys think? Yeah, I mean, I kind of agree. Um, I think, uh, like, laziness is, is also a big factor in it and, uh, you know, just a general unprofessionalism. Uh, you know, like, it's, uh, it's, it's very easy to, like, not you know, find work that someone else has already done and present it as your own. Um, especially in the case of what happened uh, with the Dead Cells review at IGN, like this guy didn't find a review that was from like a well-known person and took it. He tried to pick it from someone who he thought nobody knew and that he could present that work as his own. Um, so like, you know, rather than actually take the time to write it, he tried to just steal it. And like, you know, and I think um, kind of uh, like leaning into what Brendan said, uh, it's, I think it's also a case too, is that when you have so many people um, playing like the same game and putting out reviews for it across multiple outlets, like you're, you're sort of unintentionally going to get, um, some crossover in like thoughts, kind of even like what what IGN said in their um, in their apology, and it's it's not it's not really necessarily untrue. Like you're gonna get some like 
you know, similar thoughts and sometimes some like similar wording of thoughts. So like, you know, but yeah, but I, that's mostly because that's a convention of like games journalist frameworks and writing to begin with, right? Yeah, like no. we're always going to talk about certain aspects. Like I think most big outlets and most outlets that have a, a, a specific review criteria that they're working towards will always hit certain beats. Um, and I think that's that's what you're more referring to in the sense. So we are going to have crossover in terms of possibly structure. We are going to have crossover in a lot of the language that we use. So I think that that's what you're referring to, right? Yeah, yeah, and that's and that's what I mean is that I think that that's why people who um, like feel like they can get away with it will will try and and try and get away with it right like they'll be like you know people will just write it off as like oh you know it's like these guys played the same game and had the same mm -hmm. thought like it's a coincidence you know obviously in the case of you know the ign uh review like that was just you know like literally just word for word but yeah, yeah. i feel like that plays it, it definitely plays a part now jordan do you think it's the problem with the fact that people aren't sure how to say or you think the problem is with the fact that people can't physically play that many games um you know i it's hard because it's gotta it's definitely gotta be a little bit of both i mean if 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 game journalism is your main source of income um you know it's it's definitely hard, but I'd say it's no more difficult than any other job. Like having to if if you were to give me three games to have reviewed by the end of the week, mm -hmm. and I had nothing else to do but review those games, there's really no excuse for why I couldn't put an equal amount of time into each game and write a competent review. Um, and no. No, I'll let you finish, George. Sorry about that. Well, and then in, in in most cases, again, like professionalism plays a big role into it. If I feel that I'm not going to be able to make a deadline or have something finished to the best of my ability, I've got no problem saying that, you know, can I have an extra few days mm -hmm. to do this because I'm not going to put in like my best work. Um, if someone's not up to that task, then, then that's on the individual themselves. But, you know, if there's like a greater work-life balance going on then yeah it might be it's it's a lot harder but this is the reason we got into this industry right we wanted to share our love of games and play games and talk about them so mm -hmm. i i feel like saying uh like i i don't want to write off the that like game burnout is a is a real like issue because it really is and a lot of people do experience it even i've uh, experienced it like from time to time but like I don't want to. I don't want to lean too much on that because it feels like it's it's giving it out to people who really like like because I mean you learn from day one when you like start if you go to school like I mean school for anything not just journalism um and like like there is no excuse for plagiarism like it just you you cannot get away with it. I know I completely agree, but now the question is. Are priorities then the question where people have like their own YouTube channels or they have their own like own side hustle that they might be trying to do both things at the same time? Mm -hmm. Is that possibly another problem with this industry where people are trying to double dip in everything they do? Uh, no, not necessarily either, because I feel like this is that's a completely separate issue, because okay. like as as a journalist, like you have to you do have to build your own name and your own brand to a certain yeah. degree, like. So like that just that just comes with the territory. If you want to survive in this industry, you sh like you should have little uh, like side um, ventures. But 
how much you're willing to put into those things uh, is is how much you're willing to put into that. And and it's I I, I do more so believe that it, it does like it does fall on the person because if they're willing to plagiarize for a for a professional you know published outlet then they're really realistically there's no reason why they wouldn't be willing to plagiarize for their own youtube channel like no 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 i think that's the thing he did it has been proven that he did take another review or another um uh, video review that he did steal content from for another one of his own YouTube things. So it's mm-hmm. this is not a one-time thing, and people that's only what people are able to decipher at this point. There might be more, or there might be. It is possible that again, you watch something from someone else, and that kind of that uh, those words and concepts get stuck in your head, and you kind of figure it out. But it, it's hard to say if that's the case in this one. It might be an innocent mistake he didn't realize what he was doing and he wrote it and it, those it's like this sentence seems amazing i'm gonna just keep going with the sentence yeah and but i reality, mean but he but he had like 16 amazing sentences that he decided oh, no no it was clear i'm i'm just playing devil's advocate here yeah. I, but i don't like personally it, it's a clear case if he took someone else's work no but see because because i've i've done that or okay like i've i've had that similar uh, train of thought as well in some of my own writings um for like you know I, I don't think i've ever done it for anything i've put, put out with you yeah. guys but like um maybe uh where if i think someone has said something really well mm-hmm. you quote them like you don't present yeah. it like it's your own thing like it's not hard to say you know you know jim sterling said it best when he said quote no, yeah. like it's it's really easy to do that. So like, and no one's going to like, you don't look any less professional for presenting someone no. else's thought that you agree with. No, I very much agree. And but it, this it, is it, not a case of that. Right? No, no, no. We agree. You, <laughs> it's a case of, he definitely, this, he thought it was a smaller YouTuber. He took the content, he changed it up enough. So he didn't think people would notice. And because it's on IGN, yeah, everybody it's, fact, yeah, yeah, exactly. And I mean, and, and uh, boomstick gaming, like he, like the, he had his like a, a following big enough to also notice too. Like, well, I mean, the, the, it was a small following, but it was a very devout following. Oh so. yeah. Although I have to say, one good thing of this fiasco is he gained about twenty thousand followers <laughs> from last week, this week. Yeah. So he was sitting at I think nineteen thousand, and now he's sitting close to forty thousand. That's, so that's well, a pretty good, good on him. That's a pretty good. That, I think he started rate. over. I think he was like a, a little over uh, ten thousand followers. Really? Well, to he's, start. Clo- he's close. Like to as he's... of yesterday, he had twenty, and I think he's close to forty right now. Yeah. So, wow. so that is amazing. I have to say, if anything happened good out of this situation, it is that a good YouTuber got um, the recognition he deserves. But yeah. it doesn't change the fact that this sort of stuff does happen in the industry, and big outlets can get away with it more than small outlets can. I think I, th- I think it's unfortunate because as someone who's yeah. sort of you know, Philip, he used to have his own YouTube channel. He had like, I think 50,000 subscribers. Okay, so, sure. You know, not yep. bad. Pretty good following. Mm-hmm. And then he applied to work at IGN and he, he got in because they needed a Nintendo editor. Jose Otero yeah. left and Phil jumped in, went on the podcast. You know, listening to him, he's really passionate. He loves Nintendo. But I think it was a matter of trying to do too much and trying to please everyone. And trying well, he's to still like... running. His channel's now over 100,000, I believe. So he oh, really? is now. I think oh yeah, like, I think it was like fifty yesterday. Maybe people. Have been maybe, maybe I'm thinking uh, maybe I, better. I'm not sure. Yeah, Twitter. I think he's seventeen thousand. Either either way. Yeah, yeah, but um, he is. Yeah, he's he he's definitely trying to double dip. Like he's been updating his YouTube almost yeah. weekly. And I mean, that's a common thing for the industry. Oh yeah, that's a that's a problem. However, when you have to get to a point where you have to make a decision, are you going to focus on your own 
section, is it going to take like if your own if your own work, like your own stream, yeah. your own videos mm -hmm. are going to or your own blog, whatever mm -hmm. you're working on is going to take up the bulk of your time and you want to make a go of it. You've got to put your focus towards that. You can't do a day job in this industry that no. is the same thing in the industry um i have tried before it is difficult yeah. <laughs> like it, it's hard enough as it is doing like one thing no that, so you have to true. make a choice especially if you're doing game reviewing game reviewing is such a time-consuming process i that's why if as editor-in-chief i get to choose what games i review but <laughs> there are so few games i'd want to spend a solid like three four days just sitting there playing and then writing for another day or so just to make sure it does right. And yeah. IGN does make their every single writer uh, that does the reviews, they do um, get coverage, like video coverage that they kind of work in there. So it is kind of a mix, but it is a mix that makes the job tedious at very That's least. That's true. And it was also unfortunate because uh, just looking at his Twitter, this was his first one that he video edited by himself. Like, yep. yep. first, like you know, he was tweeting about like, I'm excited for this. He's talking about Dead Cells a lot. And then to have that plagiarized, and you know, I, it's unfortunate because it's obviously he made a mistake, and I think his career is basically. Oh yeah, you, you know, know your career no, is no. done when you it's, plagiarize. It's, like, it's, it's going to be hard no. for him to rebound. At it, I, 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 I doubt he will, right? And it's because you know, listening to him in the past before I knew all this stuff, yeah. he he had the passion for Nintendo. He had a good knowledge of Nintendo, and he was really good at sort of um, breaking down sort of dense stuff to make it informative yeah. for viewers. And it's just unfortunate that he's he's done this, and it's unfortunate that. One mistake and he's gone. It's a big mistake, though. So, well, I mean, like the answer is he still has his YouTube. He can still do whatever he wants on that front, but it, no, no major outlet will hire him again just because. Oh. And it's as like soon as you do that, it it tarnishes your reputation. It tarnishes the outlet's reputation, and it also shows a lack of dedication to doing the work properly. Yeah, and at, at the same time, I think when he had his YouTube channel, he was getting you know Nintendo review stuff, and he was getting yeah. this stuff from publishers. No one's going to give him stuff now. No, like that's the answer. It's 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 so because when you have your own YouTube channel, it's you you're the brand, right? And you've tarnished that, and you can't really go back. So yeah, that's very true. And wow. it just at at the same time, I mean, like you know, starting off, it's you kind of do have to copy reviews, not you know content wise, but structure wise. You know, like I mean, oh, yeah. when, when I started doing so, I'm still doing it. I'm looking at people's reviews and being like, okay, that's how they structure it. Okay, this is for that mm -hmm. kind of game. This is that, and you sort of read it into that. But I mean, the issue with Philip is that he took the the whole thing, right? And it's yeah, it's no, it, 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 the answer is it's unfortunate. Now, yeah. is there a way the industry can change to fix this? Can they make it better? Can we make sure that this sort of thing doesn't happen? See, now in this case. Hmm. I understand that, like, if you are a like a, a senior writer yeah. with IGN, that you are going to be doing quite a few reviews. Mm -hmm. That's expected. Yeah. But in this case, we don't know. Well, first off, we don't know what was on his plate with IGN exclusively. And second off, in this case, he was doing two things at once. Yeah. So can I can this actually even be an example of what can the industry do to do better? Because as far as we know, the industry was doing just fine. Well, I mean, there, that, oh. I was going to say the fact that the way the industry works is it does churn content out, especially yeah. in the modern the modern internet age of gaming journalism, that everyone expects every day there's a new review up, there's a new a series of news posts, and that every single time you go to a site, there's something new. Mm -hmm. And as such, these editors and these people that are running IGN and running, we, uh, we do the same thing, and so do every other editor. Um that you have you have that concept oh you need to get this done by this date deadlines are, are key in this industry and it's possible that you know even if he got the game they got the game uh let's say four days before that point and he just had to kind of 
just do his best to get it yeah. done. And a lot of the time, I, I, this doesn't happen so much with IGN. No. They do tend to get more exclusive yeah, yeah. early access to things than, mm -hmm. say, a smaller outlet does or someone who is not in that particular scope of things. Mm -hmm. But um, for we can speak from uh, a lot of, especially in Canadian circles, yeah, we yeah. can speak about that in the sense that you don't get a lot of time between the time you get the code and the time you get the embargo and you are going to have to like plow through a game to get through it. It's very true. Uh, so, just, sorry, go ahead. just just to go back to Philip, he hasn't actually done a, a new YouTube video on his channel in nine months. Okay, so he, he right. wasn't doing both at the same time then. Yeah, so I mean, I, I think it was a matter if he took too much out on his plate at IGN or whatever. Yeah, you know, that's fair. Podcast. He, was, he was doing a, some Smash Bros stuff I was reading and yeah. That's fair. That happens. I think that's, but that that's unfair. An unfortunate byproduct of a lot of people in this industry. We're all very, very ambitious, and we all decide we can do it all just to prove our cut our teeth and prove it all, and it it, it ends up being a problem. Yeah, I, I, I agree. Learning how to, I guess it's 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 all on, and the thing is, it's all on the writer to say mm -hmm. no, not really the editor in a lot of cases. For sure, yeah, I, can see I that. think the editor needs to be a lot more. The editor and the outlet needs to be care pay close attention to who owes what who's doing what and yeah. like look at bandwidth yeah that they're exactly able, able to like take on yeah and also I mean, I mean i don't really know about his story before this but for from what i know he was just the youtube channel and stuff and going from you know running a youtube channel is one thing but it's at your own pace and yeah. jumping into that ign thing where you're the main nintendo editor and that's that, like that's that that's a big deal and a big jump and I, apparently he wasn't ready for it but I mean, also, I mean, I don't know what his um, educational background is, but if you go to any kind of journalism school or criticism school, the one thing that is hammered into you is that everyone's work is sacrosanct. You cannot steal other people's work without giving credit properly. Yeah. Well, it's not even if, that. If that. It's like literally everything. Yeah. yeah. In any school. Yeah. Learn yeah. That. Well, I don't know if he went to university. I don't, I don't know what his background well, is. Well, in high school. That's fair. Yeah, yeah that's fair. It's part of the can. curriculum in elementary school. That's true. I mean, it is the fact that you have to make sure you t you treat other writers with respect. If you just because you work at IGN or just because you work at another outlet, doesn't mean the things you do or the writing you do is more important than some smaller dude. Because mm -hmm. everything, every we're all on the same uh, boat here. We have to treat each other with respect. One hundred percent. Yeah. So I guess at this point we have to ask ourselves: when this does happen, how do we rebuild trust? Hmm. I, that's a hard one i think there's a yeah. lot of people online who look at ign as an entity and not as a bunch of different writers mm -hmm. together yeah and right. i think that's i think you're right with that assessment and that's not just ign that is uh, most outlets that have yeah. like a unified brand yeah and, and then it's like yeah. well you know this is your opinion on this game and it's like well you know that's only one of our writers opinions on on this one thing it's not the truth it's what someone thought and i think that this is, this is kind of an aside, but you know, with with, with reviews, it, it is just an opinion of someone who played the game, right? It's, it it yeah. doesn't mean that IGN, everyone there is like, yeah, you know, we hate this game or we love this game. No, that's very true. I mean, it is the best way whenever the comment section say, hey, you guys also gave the same game a nine. Why are you now giving it a seven? It's because different reviewers reviewed it. Mm -hmm. And same way for all this stuff. It is never that simple. You have to treat it as a group of people, but... With the fact that it is an outlet, the outlet, what IGN did was the proper move. He got, it quickly took the thing down as soon as there was any rumors. They investigated and they dealt with swiftly. That's the answer of how you start building trust. It's going to... So what are you saying, Alex? I, 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 do, you, do you think that there was any way that they could have kept him on? 
Do you think no. if IGN, you know, no, there's, there's, an apology? Okay. No, I don't think there's any. If they kept him on, it's complacency to the fact that he did this. Yeah. Sorry, Alex, what was your, you were trying to say, what was, what instance, like, do you think would be okay to keep him on? Uh, if it, you know, if, if it truly, you know, it's, it's tough though, right? Because, I mean, IGN is such a big thing and people are so quick to jump on it that it, this was the right move for the company. You know, yeah, the, as a corporate move, this there's no other move they can have made. Yeah. If it was a small outlet, they might be able to kind of give him a second chance. But I, people are already looking with a lot of scrutiny to IGN. So anytime they make a mistake, they just assume that they're just lazy or they don't put any effort into things or they're just kind of a giant behemoth that doesn't care. Mm-hmm. So if they didn't do something, it makes it look like they don't care about the small guy. So they had to do something. If they suspended him or something and were like, you know what, he, he made a mistake, but he's, you know, a human being, yeah, yeah, great content and stuff. And then like maybe did some sort of settlement with, with the gaming channel. They could have done that path. They didn't do that. I think this is a much easier, much more straightforward path for them. I, and they can the find question, a new person think- who's passionate. It's it's indicative of the times. I mean, right now, if there's any kind of controversy that uh, like is attached to anybody that's mm-hmm. attached to a bigger publication or a bigger uh, source of media source in general, not just beyond the gaming media sphere, yeah, the knee jerk reaction is to immediately dismiss them. Yeah, exactly. And and when I was sort of hearing this thing, it reminded me of the James Gunn thing where he was fired. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's not not really that close because he was fired for tweets that were years earlier, but it's sort of that like, bam, it's the one same- thing. You're- response that you're seeing see i I personally i think it was the appropriate response because like yeah it's like as a journalist you live or die by your credibility and if you plagiarize Mm -hmm. someone's work as blatantly as phil did like you have lost all credibility now with that outlet like they have no reason to trust you anymore because if you've done this once what who's to say you're not going to do it again like yeah it's there's really like there's no way that they could have kept him like getting rid of him was the only thing they could have done because that's yeah. the, and that's the problem too is that like like as much as IGN is an outlet, um, people don't necessarily view it as such. Like if 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 one of the writers makes a mistake like this, people just go, "Wow, IGN is really in the toilet." Like so, as as a way of maintaining their brand, if they kept if they kept this guy on, like they would have just they just look like a shoddy outlet, and people wouldn't trust them anymore, and they probably don't want that uh, that visage upon them. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I, I I'm. Not knowing uh, their particular breakdown of their contract with their higher writers, um, I know that most basic writer clauses, ha- writer agreements, and writing contracts that you sign when you sign on with a contract, uh, when you sign on with a company, have a clause in it that state this work. I I uh, I have i believed i know that this work is my own and mm-hmm. i'm not using it to represent somebody else and yeah. i'm not representing somebody else's work and most cl- of those clauses are also accompanied by immediate dismissal or yeah. actions mm-hmm. will be taken Termination or, contract or, or yeah, yeah. yeah basically the, the any major outlet so even if wired even if the new york times even if it was like gq if they it's a breach of contract based on the fact that they are paying for your work. They're not paying for some third party that you're just kind of ripping off. So there's, if you want to keep credibility and want to show that to other writers that you do value their work, this is the only move you can make. Even if they might really like the guy, even if they realize this might be detrimental to his career, there's no move they can make and actually save face in the industry. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I I, 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 yeah. I was going to say like, I I mean, there's already so much, there's already so much, um, what's the word I'm looking for here? 
animosity <laughs> towards <laughs> reviewers in general. Uh, and whenever something like this happens, all it does is add fuel to that fire. So when this stuff does happen, in, uh, outlets and uh, higher companies need to make sure that they are doing everything in their power to kind of, you know, show that this is not what represents us mm -hmm. kind of thing. So it, it's, it, it's when anyone does it, any part of the industry, like it, it, it just damages it for all the rest of us. Agreed. Yeah. Whether we're part of the outlet or not. Agreed. Right? Yeah. And I think it's a good, it's, you know, it's, it's a good lesson for young writers or, or whatever kind of writers that, you know, communicate with your editors you know if, if you need more time do it and also yeah. just because the review might not be the best it's better than turning in someone else's work it's agreed 100 percent. That that, that 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 happened even not too long ago who was it um wasn't zuby who took on octopath traveler yeah no it was derek oh it was derek. yeah and I, yeah. and i remember seeing that thread where like you were you know asking him where the review was because the it was like the embargo was like the next day and he straight yeah. up said look i've only i you know i want a little bit more time with this to give it a fair shake and you had no problem with that yeah i mean most editors don't i mean unless there's some like, weird embargo and you got it if you've already had like three weeks and you say i want more time you might be a little bit more questioning but yeah sure I mean, yeah, certain, I think, embar certain embargoes you can say okay it's it better to have a good review than one that's rushed out i think most most editors that actually care that care about their staff and they care about the writers that are working for them and want to make that want to ensure that their voice is not just the voice of the writers, but the voice of the outlet is maintained mm -hmm. to the highest editorial standards that it can possibly be. We'll work with the writers to make sure that that is a like within the, their scope to be able to do, yeah. whether it be it, whether they need an extension on their timeline. Um, that being said, Jordan, don't have anything in late anymore. Otherwise <laughs> you're going to deal with Lisa. But... Uh, listen, <laughs> um, that was a tactical lateness. That was a tactical. I had to prioritize uh, Nintendo stuff. Also, IGN, if you're listening, uh, new Nintendo guy right here. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure IGN, also, if you're listening, he hands things in late. Oh, <laughs> no, I don't. Oh. That's no, you don't. Actually, Jordan, you you're you've gotten really good. You're like you're not just on time. You're ahead of time. And that's, yeah, it's, uh, it's been good. Really, really we good. Love you, Jordan is what I'm trying Aww. to say. Thank you. Oh, this is all getting Jordan edited love. out. <laughs> oh yeah, it's all gonna be gone. It's all gonna be edited out. <laughs> Um, yeah, so, so, uh, let's just sum up here since we've only got a couple more minutes for this particular section. Um, are, don't are plagiarize. you satisfied? Yeah, don't plagiarize. Yeah, that's the answer. Don't plagiarize. <laughs> that's plagiarism, you, plagiarism is bad. Thank you. Um, yeah. Don't, so don't take on more than you can handle. And if you can like stay, I mean, at the end of the day, stay committed to like the quality of your own work and the quality yeah. of your own yeah. brand. Like, like I think it's something I you know wanted to just mention uh, briefly when we were talking about it. But like, it really is. I don't think uh, you know necessarily that it is. It is a giant problem with the industry itself, but more like the certain mediums that the industry has really evolved on. Like, like mm -hmm. YouTube has become a lot harder to make content for just because of like mm -hmm. the algorithms that are in place here. So like people will feel the need to put out content every single day and mm -hmm. like it's not worth it like not if you're going to sacrifice the like your own voice and your own like standard of quality like take the time you need like make the content like that you are proud of and like that you're proud to put your name on and that that is representative of you and like it it takes time but you will like get that audience and that is what 
you know, that is the lifeblood of this industry. And as individual journalists, you need to have people who trust you. And if that trust is shattered, then you are done in this industry. Yeah, agreed very much. I think the big takeaway, too, is that remember that outlets are the sum of their parts. So you can't just assume if, if one particular person has done something against like that of this kind of magnitude, it's not indicative of the outlet. Yeah, agreed. But the okay. but I but, but the response is and it was it was a good mm-hmm. response. It, it wasn't too fast. It wasn't like right away knee jerk. It was like yeah. we took two days, we thought about it, and you know we made this decision. Yeah. And then at at the same time, I think that you know it's it's good to be enthusiastic with the industry because this is you know it's an industry we all love and it's good to do that. But also you know communicate. Don't take too much on because you know this is this is a a lesson for sure. Yeah, agreed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. All right. All right. Well, with that, I think we're going to go take a break. And when we come back, uh, we're going to continue our discussion about DLC from last week. So stick around. The Pixels and Ink podcast is brought to you by Buns, your city network. Buns connects you to the people in your neighborhood to help you find the things you need to fuel your real life. Swap things you already have to get items you need. You can also find jobs that pay the bills, homes for rent, advice, and a place to talk about your city. Buns is available online at buns.com and on your phones via the Apple App Store and Google Play Store. And we're back. Thanks, sponsors. All right, guys. So topic number two. Are you ready to go? Yes. So kind of coming off of last week when we were talking about the constant patch updates that have actually benefited games like uh, No Man's Sky and its next expansion and the fact that it was a good thing for Hello Games to show support to its community and actually achieve um, what it was trying to accomplish at the beginning, even if it is later than it should be. We're going to kind of go into something a little stickier. We're going to talk about paid DLC. So I think our our big question here is I think uh, we already know, and we already came to the conclusion last week that it has changed the landscape of gaming and the way a product is launched and what happens to that product after it's launched so this week we're going to talk about when is it good and when is it bad do you want to start with the good stuff first or the bad stuff first? let's do the good let's start with the good stuff okay so in your opinions guys um alex why don't you start this one us off on this one when do you think it's a good thing for paid dlc to be a thing i mean it's kind of tough to quantify but i think it's a good thing when it's an add-on to a game that you've already enjoyed and gotten gotten your money's worth, and then it's a, mm-hmm. it's, it's it's another extra thing. I, th- I think that with with the Batman Arkham games, it was something that you know you, you play the games, it's good, and then you have these DLC missions that you can buy if you want. You don't have to, you know, they're kind of short, yeah. but if you're a really big fan of it, it it's good to get. So, yeah, I yeah. was I was gonna say um, when a game is finished. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. 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 Oh, I guess we could bring in God of War of this because that was just announced that one of the maps just opened. And uh, Brendan, you reviewed God of War for us, correct? Correct, yep. Yeah, so what do you think about that? Because you've managed to play not just all the way through it, but you've gone back and played it even deeper yeah. and on several occasions. So the fact that they've just unla- launched a the um, new map update. First mm-hmm. off, is that a free update or is it a paid update? I believe it's all free. It's all free update. Yep. So is that a good example of how paid DLC should, how DLC should actually be a good thing? Well, that's more like a, an update than yeah. a, in DLC. I'd say DLC would be more like the fall, uh, the Far Cry stuff, where it's adding different like game modes or things that like or um, 
basically look at I view paid DLC as it should be an expansion, giving players something new that they yeah. haven't gotten before. I mean, I think okay, so one thing that stuck in my mind, we just recently had an announcement as well that new things are coming to there's no like argument here that Brendan and I are both big Diablo fans mm-hmm. and there's new stuff coming to Diablo, which will soon be announced. We hear um, possibly around BlizzCon time, maybe sooner or later, who knows, who knows, but anyway, um, and it kind of got us talking in the office today about, do we actually need to see something new or is this an instance where the game can continue to have paid expansions because it's something we don't want to see like in that in this case because it's a property i already really love and i've played it to death and they've done a really good job maintaining it like in game as it is that i could live without a sequel to it and Mm -hmm. constantly see paid expansions like like jordan said this would be an example of like a finished game that's getting more content because it's great for the players who enjoy it yeah, that's fair. I mean, it, it's really a question of what you can offer players. I mean, I'm a big fan of games as service. I mean, I, I'm skeptical on what companies do with it, but the concept you buy one game and then you buy the expansions that fit your needs, I really like. I really like the fact that you're not keep reinventing the wheel every single time you're playing a game and rather you're giving players the chance to expand their experience in ways they feel would work for them. Well, I think that's, the, that's kind of the whole thing about... Um paid dlc like in general is that like like it's 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 a good thing and it's perfectly fine like acceptable in theory but Mm -hmm. a lot of times we haven't seen it like work in practice and when it's something like like you know like uh breath of the wild let's say Mm -hmm. uh you know they put out what was a pretty like fantastic like full of content game like i felt like like what I got was what I paid for. And so when they rolled out like a little seasons pass thing where, you know, you pay an extra 30 bucks and you get two packs of DLC, that's going to add like more content and another little story bit and more like, just like uh, things to do within the game itself. I was like, you know what? This is fine because now I'm paying for more. I'm not paying for stuff. I feel that should have been there in the first place. That makes sense. I mean, I think that Nintendo's done it well. I think despite what you might not like uh, Fallout 4's expansions and the price points they hit at. Yeah, they were they were okay. I mean, they, but they um, were substantial updates. They gave they it was a little pricier than I'd like to see for DLC, but they gave substantial additions to the game. Yeah, okay. I, I guess I I really can't argue that. I mean, my thoughts on the games uh, aside, like for for what they were, I think uh, the only one that actually I think bothered me was the the automaton yeah, DLC, that was a little. That was like almost like thirty bucks, and you really didn't get anything out of it. Yeah, but I do think the the one the amusement park one it was a it was an amusement park. Yeah, one, there was the amusement park. Yeah. There was uh, uh, Far, Far Harbor. Harbor. I think that one was pretty solid. I mean, I don't. I, I think they all could have been a bit deeper for the price you were paying because they were pretty expensive. Yeah, but they did add quite a bit. I mean, you also can look at um, the Bioshock uh, story based DLC, and it, now, did you think those were worth it? Well, they were like, tw- like what was it, 20 bucks? Or if you bought the season pass, like 15 bucks. And they mm-hmm. gave you like three, four hours of gameplay. And they g- allowed you to revisit the original Bioshock's uh, World of Rapture in the modern engine. I think that looked stunning. Uh, do I think the story was all that deep? No, it was. You, you could finish it in three hours total, and it was it was okay. But it, le- it did allow you to play as Elizabeth, which was neat. So you had to 
wait a minute, this was not free with a season pass? No, it was the thing you included. My point is the season pass, if you bought it up front, was like 15, 16 bucks. Oh, okay. So it was it free included with the season pass? Well, it was one of the things included yeah. in the season pass. So yeah. is the season pass probably the better way of handling a paid DLC? No. 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 Okay. It's definitely, it's a, it's a money grab because the yeah. concept that you do, you're, you're banking on the fact people will buy a, a DLC concept early before you even announce what's included. Like exactly, Fallout did yeah. it. And I think the season pass or Fallout was like 35 bucks and people did not know what expansions they'd get with it. Um, Bioshock was, I think, 18, uh, 16 if you bought it up front and 18 after they released. It, it's, it's more of a way to kind of get money up front and then figure out what you're doing later. Yeah, well, at least that's what it feels like. That's there's what it really, like. there's really no guarantee either, too, that you'll actually get what you pay for because, like, any number of things can happen. You can buy a, yeah. a season pass for a for a game, uh, and then you know the developer uh, gets like like you know uh, wiped out or they go bankrupt, and then they're not producing any content for a game anymore, and now that's you know season pass that you bought is out the window. Can yeah. you give us an example of when that may have happened? Um, has, that, has that happened yet? I mean, I don't. I don't think a season pass. I mean, I, some of the THQ stuff was a little fishy. Kind of, kind of, kind of went out of business pretty closely after the release of um, Darksiders uh, Two. But I don't know if any of the DLC was not released before it went out of business. But there are there have been situations where the studio just shut down. Yeah. And yeah. the season they got some season pass stuff out of it, but you might not have felt like he got what you paid for. But yeah. that it it's really hard to say because that might be all the studio was ever going to give for it, and that and then it was done. Well, I know for a fact that whenever I see any release date with season pass include mm-hmm. includes, yeah, and no set like actual timeline for what's going to have actually produce be produced is already fishy. I mean, a number of titles have recently done that, and it's really sketchy i'm you're giving me this look well no my you point is I, i'd rather have them outline what they're doing and well yeah that's basically more, that's no, what I'm saying. no 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 what i'm saying is i'd rather have them outline it and say we're working on it. it's going to be about six months before you get your thing rather than say it's going to be tomorrow because we're already done it because that's saying it's something they could have finished within the the package product for sure i'm not saying i'm not saying about that at all i'm saying like I don't think any company should announce season pass for oh, anything yeah. unless they do have a like a public timeline well, my, or, or programming plan. Yeah. My p- biggest problem is when they have a season pass. Like I know some fighting games do this where you have a season pass and literally everything is on the disc already. And all you're doing is paying to unlock it. And I'm not a fan of that sort of thing. Yeah. That- was yeah. that recent with uh that was recent with uh Street Fighter. I think Street Fighter f- Yeah, and then they finally and five. then they released five. Five. Yeah, yeah, and five. then they what was the the special edition? The special the, edition, yeah. The Street Fighter 5 yeah. special edition was essentially the entire thing unlocked. Yeah. Can you still Except hold for this? like Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, I for me personally, I like to be able to, you know, in, enjoy the full game and then hear after that there's DLC. Sort of like, you yeah. know, this game is out. Now we're going to do DLC, which uh, Jordan brought up. It's Zelda did that thing where, you know, people play Zelda for two months. They really liked it. They were done. Now they're like, what do I do now? And there's like, oh, there's DLC coming in, in, in a few months, which which I think works really well. Because, you know, mm-hmm. you're buying the game to play the game. It, 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 it shouldn't be like, oh, I'm buying the game. Do I want to buy the full game? Because I want to buy this DLC pack too and get the season's pass. And I think shooters are, you know, are really notorious for it, right? Yeah, yeah. exactly. Notorious for that- it. That was, I think that that that's basically what I was citing when I was thinking of um, uh, Call of Duty World War Two because they announced when it was announced immediately 
during at the announcement the deluxe edition that came with the season pass yeah which was exponentially more expensive obviously than the standard edition yeah. and then they had tiers of editions that for oh, things to get that, it, that's just awful and one of my biggest problems with with the shooters is that when they hide maps but behind the seasons pass and then mm-hmm. they, yeah. you know you break up your your user base and then the people who buy the dlc or the, or the seasons pass, you know, there's not as many who's bought the game, so you end up having longer wait times. Then it's 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 just a bad scenario for everyone. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah, very true. All right, so I think we kind of already started it, but like, when is let, let's talk about the bad? Oh, that was the good. Yikes! That oh, was the Jesus. good, guys. That was the cynical good right there. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, we started off pretty good. I mean, we I think we generally like have come to the consensus when it adds to the game and it's not. The game has been finished. Yeah, yeah. And it's just something to with a that keeps your love going for yeah, that particular it's property, extra stuff, it's right? Thing. Like, it, yeah. pe- people did work on it. Like, it's it's worth yeah. uh, you know paying for it. So, is absolutely with Fortnite is is the I, I guess because they use seasons pass a lot. It's it's basically free shooter and everything. So, how Fortnite works is it gives you you earn more money in the games when you earn stuff you earn more of it it gives you more skins it gives you more chance to get skins and it gives you as you do the season it gives you more stuff from the season but it, you it have to buy into like you know like do the weekly challenges and stuff you have to buy yeah, it right you buy yeah, into so, that, yeah. so like theoretically um the first battle pass that you get will cost you probably about like 20 bucks sure. uh, okay like that's that's to get like enough actually no you not even you can probably get the like the the basic level like v buck purchase and like get like uh you know like a thousand v bucks because a battle pass only costs 950 um okay so like theoretically throughout like doing the challenges of like the the, the whole like month-long event mm-hmm. you could earn enough to like you know uh like comp your losses and have enough to get the next month's seasons okay. um not bad, if then. you want to start going into like extra stuff and then you know you see a cool skin in the in the shop that you might want then you know whether or not you're willing to shell out more money um to get more v bucks uh to get those skins like that's kind of on you um mm-hmm. But the only thing that is sort of slightly different in that realm, and I think we might have mentioned it last time, otherwise we were just talking about Fortnite just like on our own, um, is that like that only really applies to the free Battle Royale version. Because supposedly if you if you buy the like Save the World, like which is like a full priced like Fortnite game. Mm-hmm. Uh, that actually has its own like, little like single player mode. Supposedly, earning V bucks in there is like not a challenge at all. Really? So like it's like they they give you like so if you actually purchase the thing outright and spend like the the fifty or sixty bucks on save the world, then you're just like rewarded with money all the time. But if you just like want to play it for free, then you have to get into the microtransaction game. Okay, that's interesting because I do have a. Um an account for the full edition and I've literally turned it on twice. <laughs> Supposedly it's really fun. I don't know. Yeah. I haven't Check played it. Again, I guess. Yeah. So yeah. that is, is, is sort of DLC more like more forgiving when it's, when it's a free to play game. Do you guys um, think? I think, I, I, think I think so a little bit. I, I would, I would say yes. Only because, if okay again if it falls into that good criteria does it actually contribute something good to the game like or and does it not 
force it down your throat. All right. So a good example of this would um, definitely have to be something like, um, like what you're explaining here with Fortnite. Yeah, like, Fortnite's not, good. Yeah, that's good. It's like Warframe it's, is good about it too. Yeah, Warframe's really great about it. Um, I'm trying. I'm having a really hard time finding like thinking of free to play. Oh, uh, like yeah, free to play games where it's just like other than like a mobile title, like for example, Animal Crossing. Uh, I would honestly say that everything there. Pokemon is, Go. Pokemon Go. Oh, yeah, too. Anything. It. It's all like it's all above and beyond what you'd actually like want to like need to get. You can just get it if you feel like it. Like, I think that's, that's, a, that's forgivable. And as a free, like it's how the free to play market makes their money. And frankly, they work hard on these mobile titles are just as difficult to make as a PC title. So uh, like, and pro they have to jump through a lot of hoops getting onto the stores too, and fewer stores that they can access. So I would say, yeah, sure. Absolutely. If it contributes something good to the game, and it's not forced down your throat. Absolutely. I have a hard time when it's a time limit that you have to pay for, like time time bridges and time time gates, as part of the the DLC or extra additional costs that you need to pay for. But I guess that's a totally different discussion altogether. Or or um, you know, a pay to win kind of situation mm -hmm. where you absolutely you if you do download this additional weapon or whatever, it like automatically boosts your ability to play i think that's when it's not as forgivable and why a lot of free-to-play games have the reputation that they do have i can see that yeah jordan um, you're the one that plays fortnite yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah no i mean like that's that's the thing I, you know it's like um i f i feel like at least especially with the like free-to-play games like just you know being free to play isn't like uh isn't really like like a shield that like certain things can put up as yeah. like a way to like you know to uh try and con money out of people like you still have to earn your money right like you don't just get mm -hmm. it by virtue of making a game um and that's that's kind of the thing uh like like what my experience with animal crossing was at least like um you know, I played it enough to realize that like everything that could have been like achieved in game can be achieved without the microtransactions. And I felt willing to like, you know, give to pay five dollars for some leaf tickets just as a way of saying, here you go, Nintendo, like you earned this five dollars. Okay, uh, hold on. You know what? We've been talking about this, but I think now we're starting to confuse like in game purchases beyond with yeah, with with yeah. DLC. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's let's uh, let's like get back. Balls and things like that. We crossed over too much. <laughs> yeah, we yeah I think we're blurring the lines too much, and this is where we have to kind of make make that definition. DLC counts as additional content to a game. Yeah, like yeah. it could be skins, it could be uh, new modes, new modes. It yeah. could be new maps. It could be new act yeah. actual full content. Whereas something like the leaf ticket, like that's why I was having a hard time figuring it out because I'm yeah. like the leaf tickets don't really count as DLC. No, 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 no. You're, yeah, you're yeah. right. We Pokemon we go Animal Crossing all those. Or, no, yeah. but I mean, that's too far. But yeah. for Fortnite, the the different battle modes and the different things like that—that that is DLC. They're adding, they're doing new things for the game, yeah. and you can enjoy the game without ever touching it. But you can also get into it and enjoy that sort. Yeah. But, the, However, but the the thing that at least with Fortnite, especially, and I and I know I think Warframe does it too, is that a lot of the the modes and stuff like yeah. those are like those are events, like those yeah. are they just put in, right? Like yeah, the skins you got to buy. Uh, and and if you actually want to purchase like the full game like proper, then that's that. But like you know, they're constantly staying on top of it. So mm -hmm. you know, I think I think again, like it 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 sort of falls onto uh under a similar umbrella. Like like they 
you know, add so much content and they're constantly adding new weapons and like new things to do. And they're constantly like, every, you know, changing up how the map uh, like is laid out and different little like, you know, um, events that are happening within the game that like if you uh, feel like, you know, compelled to spend a little bit of money on the V-Bucks in order to purchase some of like, you know, some skins or some things that are actually like going to add something to the game for you, then that's just like, that's the incentive yeah. that that uh, Epic gave to you because they made a great game and they stayed on top of it. For sure. Yeah, I was just thinking that like another good example of this would be Dreadnought. Yeah, that's Because good Dreadnoughts, it's a free to play. Um, it wasn't at first, but now it is. Uh, oh. And the... Like anything that you can buy in game is purely cosmetic and does not affect the gameplay. Yeah. To um that like to a large extent, or unless you're using some of the in game currency to upgrade certain things, but then again it works as a tier system, mm-hmm. so it it doesn't really matter. It's not going to end up being a pay to win situation. So that's another. There's an example for you of a free to play where it actually, yeah. it's okay. Well, I mean, I mean, it also the interesting thing with free to play, which does make the lines blurred, is look at Warframe, look at Fortnite, where they're adding stuff to the they're basically doing dlc for the game for free and in the process they're kind of giving new ways for players to invest money if they want to or never touching money again but it does they're they're doing a different bit it's a different business model but it's the same basic concept they're giving players new modes new uh, experiences that you might never never get to because you're never at that point in the game but they give you new ways that you, if you happen to have that in-game currency, you happen to want in-game currency, there's new things you can buy, like new areas you can unlock, new frames you can get at. And I'm sure Fortnite does a similar thing where you can, they're giving so much for free that you don't mind paying the money, but the, the things they're giving for free would, in a paid, in a regular paid game, that stuff would be the deals. No, and that's, I think that's, that like that, um, is like that's definitely the biggest problem and it probably like really goes without saying because like you know paid dlc has existed in the modern gaming uh like sphere for the past like almost what like a you know decade and a half now no 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 ps3 ps3 landscape is when it started becoming ps2 didn't have anything no no no. yeah i guess that's true um (laughs) wow it's already so i guess it's only been a decade um guys 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 it's 2018 it is jeez um wow. you know like if you if you really get into stuff like um you know uh asura's wrath mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know where they actually ended the game with a stupid cliffhanger ending and released the actual true ending as paid dlc and it was not cheap either it was like 10 no, bucks it was like 20 bucks yeah and you know and even like uh like you know personally i know like this isn't um obviously this is like you know, uh, kind of just a, my own opinion, but you know, going back to Fallout Four, like the Automata uh, or the Automaton DLC, like that to me felt like something that should have been part of the main game because, like, it's a crafting thing, it's robots. Like there were robots in the game. Like it didn't make sense to me why it was not there. Um, and I think like the uh, like the the this the scary sort of like idea and what makes it sort of dangerous is. Like when when publishers see like how much money can be made from this stuff, like like it's no small amount. I think even Fortnite two just like just released like an earnings of something like of like thirteen like Fortnite two. Oh no, Fortnite like as well. Oh, Jordan, oh, let's be clear here. Fortnite, Fortnite makes more money than most game studios combined. 
But that's what I'm saying is that like, you know, people can see this kind of money and they, you know, they'll, you know, there's, there's, there's nothing really stopping uh, like, like that, that kind of corporate greed to say, okay, well, how can we work this into like, you know, modern games and even paid games? That's fair. Yeah, I agree with you. Yeah, you know, so that if, if we're getting into the real, like, the negative of the negative, that's probably it. It's just, like, the the depths of which, like, the the lust for money can go with some, with certain uh, uh, game publishers. And, mm-hmm. like, th- there has been, you know, precedent for this. Yeah, I agree with so. you. Yeah. I think that with, with, with shooters, it's even more uh, sort of annoying for me personally, because, you know, you look at Call of Duty games, and they come out every year. And you it, 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 like if you buy the DLC every single year, and it just adds up and adds up, and it's a new game next year. Because I mean, for something like Overwatch or, or you know, it's a game that's been out since 2016, and it's still going. It's the same game. Mm-hmm. You can buy the cosmetic stuff. You don't have to though. And even if there was DLC, it's still the same game. You don't have to also buy the new game, which I think is a you know it's a huge purchase on top of that. Yeah, I, I think um, a lot of like I, I, it's a nice trend to see that a lot of game com- uh, games that are coming out with that additional dlc will give you that option as like here play the game now and you get this dlc as part of the package kind of thing and like uh we've seen this with a few things like uh last year i think final fantasy 15 came out with the royal pack Mm -hmm. and that was like an all-in encompassing price that you get all the dlc up to that point and the game itself that came with the original like season pass yeah i think right now DLC is in an interesting space. I think that some people could doing it really good. I think some publishers are really kind of embracing the concept. And then you have some publishers that are looking at it as a cash grab. And it, it really does depend on the studio. And it depends on us as journalists and the consumers to kind of call out when it's done wrong, but also kind of reward when it's done properly. It sort of feels to me like it's 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 going in a bit of a like a circle because like the whole like paid DLC things started and people weren't super crazy about it. Mm. And it got to a point where it was starting to seem like very um, like, uh, like cynical and sinister. And then it sort of morphed into the whole like loot box thing. And now that's at a place where it's like really cynical and like volatile and people are vocally like not happy about it. And now like it's spinning back around to where like, more publishers are like, hey, the new it thing is putting content in games. <laughs> yeah. 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 All right, guys, final thoughts? I, I think basically DLC is it's going as I said, it's going in interesting ways. I think the the um free to play publishers are really kind of showing the big boys how it's done. And if the, they are now, yeah, they are now. Yeah. And if they and if the big publishers don't step up, what they're releasing just does not compete against games like Fortnite, games like Dreadnought, games like Warframe. You you need to keep yep. up with that. And if you're not willing to kind of put your money where your mouth is and actually release things that are valuable to the consumer, they won't. They'll play the free to play games. They won't buy the the big AAA releases. Hundred mm-hmm. percent. Yeah, I agree. Uh, it's you know, it's it's. As as a as a concept, it's it's neutral, right? Like there's there's good things you can do with it, and there are bad things with you could do with it, and uh, you know that's kind of just where it sits, and it, it's up. It really is up to the to the publisher uh, to you know yeah. to decide whether you know whether you're actually going to put something out that that is you know 
that is content heavy that that actually warrants the price tag that it's asking mm. for or people who are going to cut certain things out of the game that should have been there from the start and and sell it back to you for an added price yeah, yeah it's true i think it it uh, the in the end of the the day at the end of the day it's up to the consumer again to vote with their wallet like the buy the properties that are doing dlc well be wary of the ones that are not uh look for those red flags before you buy and like and that's really what the only thing that's going to actually sway publish publishers to you know produce finished games and clear good content and yep. follow those good examples that some of the more recent um well more uh ear to the ground free-to-play games are paying it are, are leading the way on very well said yep well thanks Alex, anything from you? Follow that up, dude. Uh, Fortnite makes a lot of money. Fortnite makes a lot of money. <laughs> yeah. That's all I can say. I love it. Okay. All right. Well, that was my chuckle for the day. So we're going to wrap it up because I'm happy. I like ending on a happy note. Well, thanks, guys, for chatting. It was great. And thanks, listeners, for listening. And if you like what you hear or you want to know more about the things that we've talked about, please visit us at cgmagonline.com. You can like and subscribe to our podcast on Bun's Podcast Network. Apple I Apple Podcasts. Wow. Or <laughs> I can talk. Let's try that again. Apple Podcasts. Or any of your favorite podcast apps. You can follow us on Facebook at CG Magazine. You can follow us on Instagram at CG Mag Online. And you can follow our Twitter at CG Mag Online. Guys, plug your Twitters. Brennan, Twitter. B Fry26. And Alex, Twitter. At Axanziuk. And Jordan? At Ninja Jordan underscore. And I'm at Lisa Awesome with no ease. Um, you can catch past episodes of Pixels and Ink on YouTube, so you can like and subscribe to that channel and check out some great uh, gameplay footage that we have going up right now. I know we have a, a bunch of stuff in the works, so check that out. It's new and updated all the time. And thanks again to uh, our sponsors and helping us keep this podcast going. And for everybody here at CG Magazine, have a great weekend. Woo!